Thank you for listening to the Streams Church Weekly Sermon Podcast. We are a community that strives to know Jesus and make Him known. If you like our podcast, subscribe and leave us a great rating on Apple Podcasts. Thank you, and we hope you enjoy. How did, how did Randy Reichon get on the stage? <laughs> how did I get on the stage, right? I mean, that's sort of like, well, it's Youth Sunday. I love the fact that we have a church that has Youth Sunday. And uh, it just that's who we are. We're a family church, and, and this is how um, young people learn to serve the Lord on a, on a stage like this. And uh, we're just excited to be able to offer that as part of our congregation. I'm going to get through my part really fast. That's Missions Month, and uh, we're on the last Sunday. And I want to thank people actually sort of brought me some. It's the last Sunday for Pastor Appreciation. And so I got some stuff today from people. Thank you, guys. And uh, I, I think we're going to extend it one more week. So just... <laughs> Just in case you didn't get in, one week and one week only, you can still sneak in, right? Um, we talked about Japan, our influence in Japan and South Africa, and we said the first week, God loves the lost. And we talked about how we have an influence in the Czech Republic and Ukraine, these oppressed countries, and we said God loves the oppressed. Third week, we talked about Ecuador, and we had Compassion International Sunday, and Thank you guys, those of you who picked up a child to support. There was a lot of the children, I don't have the exact number, but I think we were in the 20 range, and we appreciate the fact that you did that, and that God loves the poor. Uh, and then last week, God loves our neighborhood, and we found out some really cool ministries that are being done at a streams church. And I was sitting in the back because I didn't have anything to do with that service, and I, and I was just so excited to see what God is doing through the people in this congregation. Um, and that was really cool. Um, I don't know if, when I was young, I desperately wanted to go overseas and be a missionary. Um, in fact, when Judy and I just first started thinking about dating, uh, actually I thought about dating, and she's like, eh, I don't know about that. Um, I went on, a, uh, but I mean, I persisted big time. Like, um, I went to Amsterdam because I wanted to go hang out with Floyd McClung and do some missions there. And it was the second time I'd been to Amsterdam, and he wasn't there again. I, I never got to meet him. And so, but I'm sending her postcards while I'm in Amsterdam, and I came back, and we fell in love and um, got married. I really thought we were going to Amsterdam. Like, uh, we were going to be missionaries overseas. I had this passion. And then I had a friend of mine, uh, Daryl Parker, for those of you who know. He went to go to Puerto Rico to pastor a church. He had the largest at one time English-speaking church in Puerto Rico, he told me, but that doesn't mean a whole lot. But anyway, he goes, we had the largest thing. But he called me and said, I want you to be my youth pastor. So we prayed about going to Puerto Rico. Um, and uh, God didn't speak to that. And, and Daryl did 25 years there, and he went to China to be a missionary. And um, when we just started the church, we went to Japan for the first time. And, and our daughter, Sarah, God just spoke to her on the way back from a plane. You could just tell she was just grieving in her spirit. And I told my wife, that's the call of God. And so she went to Japan. And my heart, again, I just really wanted to go and be a missionary overseas. But we just had started the church. And God spoke to me very clearly. I was watching a documentary about um, Mobile, Alabama, and some other places that turned into during World War II, a place where they produced, mass-produced, um, resources for the war that really helped us win the war that we could just mass produce and God just spoke to me and said you're going to be a resource here that you're going to put in the hearts of people 
You're going to take young people and other people on short-term mission trips. You're my mobile. Like, you got to get them going, and people will go there because you stayed here. And the USA is by far the greatest missionary sending and financial supporting nation in the world, and perhaps in history. And I truly believe that's why God blesses the United States. It's one of the reasons we, we give 10% every month from ours. I think God has blessed us. Um, it's, it's been a, a great year. We just did our financials ready for the next year and looked at our budget, and we, we were in the black last year. And when we started at the beginning of the year, um, I looked this up to make sure in February, we had in our general and savings $63,800. And then we pulled in Sean Lynn, and we really didn't know what, how we were going to do that, but we offered um, him a package because we knew God was calling here. The end of September, we had over $115,000 in our savings in our general. So thank you guys for faithful giving. It's got us to a place, yeah, amen. You know, where we feel comfortable, and I think that God blessed our church because we always are a blessing, and we um, give to missions. But I'm pretty convinced to make that big jump to be a missionary, like, you really need to hear from God. Like, that just has to be something that he's spoken to you. When I got called into the ministry, it was a time that I heard God's voice. When we got called to plant this church, I prayed and really heard God's voice. But God never spoke to me to be a missionary um, yet. And uh, when I was in Bible college, it was sort of a Pentecostal Bible college, and it was the dorms were terrible. And there was this guy in the dorm next to me that would get up every morning and go into their closet and pray. But he prayed out loud, like really loud, like early in the morning. And it was a bit annoying, but he's like just trying to find out God's will. And there was a little bit of a hole between the two. It was a pretty bad dorm. Between our, our closet and their closet. So he's praying. And I'm, I was a bit feisty, tad spunky. <laughs> so he's like praying, God. I'll do what you want me to do. I'll go wherever you want me to go. And I just did the little hole. I go, go to Africa. <laughs> what? Um, I never got the call to go overseas. <laughs> but I believe there are things that you don't have to really have a word from God, like that are in the scriptures, righteousness and giving and there are things that you don't have to like you just do and when you see a need I really believe when you see a need um, we need to respond and, and the scripture that I love when it comes to this is Isaiah uh, chapter 6 I'll just read it from the screen today verses 1 through 8 this is Isaiah in the year King Uzziah died I saw the Lord he was sitting on a lofty throne and the train of his robe filled the temple. Attending him were mighty seraphim, each having six wings. With two wings they covered their faces. With two they covered their feet. And with two they flew. This is a pretty intense. And they were calling out to each other, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord of heaven's armies. The whole earth is filled with his glory. Their voices shook the temple to its foundations. And the entire building was filled with smoke. Then I said, it's all over. <laughs> I'm doomed, for I'm a sinful man. I have filthy lips, and I live among a people with filthy lips. Yet I have seen the King, the Lord of the heaven's armies. 
Then one of the seraphim flew to me with a burning coal he had taken from the altar with pair of tongues. He touched my lips with it and said, See, this coal has touched your lips. Now your guilt is removed and your sins are forgiven. And then I heard the Lord asking, Whom shall I send as a messenger to this people? Who will go for us? And I said, Here am I, send me. You know, Judy and I have led over 1,100 people on short-term mission trips to spread the gospel, to help the poor. We saw needs, like in Japan after the great tsunami, and we led two teams, one youth and then one adult team, because we saw the need, who's going to go, and we had a group of people, here I am, send me. I can help with that. Short-term missions and hearing that, it just it's a powerful thing that I've always seen touch people's lives because it gives, it gives us a healthy missional worldview of what the world is like outside of the United States. It teaches our missionaries that go, our young people, how to pray for people. It teaches them how to share their story, their gospel story. Um, it connects us with our brothers and sisters and the churches around the world. And it literally changes the person. And I've come to believe that God loves the missionary who goes. And I want to introduce a young man, Isaac, who has a story about how it changed his life. Thank you. Thank you, everybody. So if you don't know who I am, um, I'm Isaac Miglio. I'm the youth pastor here. Thank you. Thank you. I'm the, the youth pastor here, um, and I have been for a little while now. And uh, I just wanted to give a couple shout-outs to begin. Uh, I wanted to give a shout-out to our worship team, our, our youth takeover. Um, they did an awesome job. Um, I know they've, they've come a long way from, they've come a long way from in the last year. Of, of doing stuff with us. And uh, my, uh, my other shout out is all of our leaders in the youth. Shout out to you guys. We had a lot of people involved this morning. <laughs> shout out to them. Um, we had a lot of people involved, a lot of students involved this morning. It was really cool. And my last shout out goes to Pastor Lloyd. Um, and shout out to him for giving me this opportunity, giving me the mic. Oh, you did. That is my book. <laughs> Thank you. All right, I rescind that shout out. Um, <laughs> but I do, I, uh, I do, um, yeah, shout out to Pastor Lloyd because it's, it's always a gamble letting me up here. It's always a little bit of a, you know, what's he going to do? What's he going to say? Um, you know, I, I'm a little bit of a wild card in the staff meetings on Wednesday mornings. I'm a little bit of a wild card. I'm the young gun. It's like I've got something to prove. Um, but sometimes I think PL keeps me around just to, uh, when, it, when a joke doesn't land, He'll look at me, and I'll give him the old, that's, that's good, that's good, you know, that's all right. Um, but I'm not here to tell you about bad jokes or, uh, or staff meetings. I'm here because it's fifth Sunday. It's youth takeover. And if you don't know what that is, the fifth Sunday, when there's a, five, or there's a fifth Sunday in the month, the youth has the opportunity to kind of take the stage. The, the, the band comes in, we serve, and then they let me up here, and we all just kind of go with the flow. Um, but specifically this morning. Uh, I wanted to continue, wrap up even, our missions month and uh, why God loves the missionary. A few years ago, I went on a missions trip to Ecuador. There it is on the map. If you don't know, it's in South America. And uh, it was a formative experience for me. Uh, it 
I have, this, this little book is filled with stories and stories about God working in that country and through me. Uh, I wanted to share just a couple of those stories and, uh, and how God impacted me this morning. So let me paint a picture for you, okay? I'm 16 years old. I know, that's, that's only three years ago, but still. Younger, younger Isaac, if you can imagine. I was going to youth uh, weekly when I wasn't at football practice on Tuesday nights, and uh, I was pretty connected with the old T6 gang, and I see a lot of them over here this morning, so shout out to you guys. Um, so imagine my excitement when it came around, there was an announcement that we were going on a mission trip in 2018 to Ecuador. I wanted to go. As soon as I heard, I wanted to go. I didn't know where Ecuador was, but I, I wanted to go. I felt like I needed to go. And so I started the process. I filled out an application. Me and my mom went through uh, tons of interviews, got all the information we could. Um, I started writing uh, my family members for sponsorships. And we started rehearsing stuff. I was going to Ecuador. And I didn't realize fully the impact that, that trip was going to have on me. I didn't realize the ramifications it was going to have for my life and many others. So to get prepared for this trip, I went through vigorous training. I'm talking extreme skit practicing. I'm talking about weekly devotionals. Weekly, if you can imagine. I even made a life book. This is my life book. And this, because I don't speak any Spanish, was my main form of communication with the children of Ecuador. And so what we did is it had a little bit of information about me in Arizona. It had stuff like where we live. That's my house up there. Uh, my hobbies, what I like to do in high school. Don't judge too hard. This is in high school. Um, I play guitar. I went hiking a couple times, and I weight lift, um, <laughs> and I play video games. Um, and it also had my family. So it had um, my two dogs. Can't forget about them. And my, what is brother in Spanish? Is it Amo? Armano. So my hermanos and hermanas. Okay, okay, there you go. So yeah, hermana, it's singular. It's singular. But in my family, so my, my mom's side, big group of people over there, and my new baby cousin at the time. And lastly, it had my school. And so I got to share a little bit about where I went. I went to Willow Canyon. Our mascot's up there. This is me on the football team, 72 right there, in our huge campus. So all of this to prepare with the main objective to provide a VBS for the church that we were connected with. And uh, those weeks leading up to Ecuador kind of flow together in my mind. We had a lot of dance routines, um, a lot of skit rehearsals, a lot of songs. And I think we did, we, we read through the book of James, if I remember correctly. Um, but before I knew it, it was time to leave. It was time to head to the airport. And it feels like, like just talking about it, it's like we're all getting ready together. You guys feel that? You guys ready to go? Um, one of the things that the church had done for all of us were these prayer journals. And uh, it's just a little book that we all got. And we got one of these and a corresponding prayer partner, like a, a prayer partner. And so when I first got it, I opened it up. You know, there's some little information here. And then I turn over, and there's this giant paragraph, if you can kind of see it, from Don Bassett um, about um, just this devotional, this word that he got, um, a lot of encouragement. And, uh, and throughout it, he gave me a devotional to read and to pray and to, um, to answer some questions all 10 days that I was there. Um, and in this journal, we were all in encouraged to take notes about what was going on, you know, anything that we noticed, where we went, words we learned, culture shock, 
all the things that God was doing. And reading through this journal now, it's, it's amazing. Like, I had forgotten about a lot of stuff that had happened. I forgot that I forgot about those things when I was reading this. Like, I didn't even remember that I had forgot about them. If that makes Does that make sense? Okay. And I would love to read the whole thing to you, but we just don't have that much time. I'll keep it to the good stuff, all right? So this is still before we even are in Ecuador, but this is one of the best parts of my trip, all right? We're heading to um, LAX. We, we landed uh, LAX, Los Angeles International Airport. Um, and I had flown from Sky Harbor a couple times, one, once just uh, to Cancun, and then the other one I was really little. But LAX is the real deal. It's big. And so I'm walking in. The lines are really long, and uh, we're scanning our passports. It's like the group of 10 of us, we're all bunched up together. And I get to the guy, and I'm scanning my thing, and he must have done, I probably saw him do 300 people. And, and he said, I said, is this a slow day, or is this like a busy day? Was like, he said, well, it's either like this or worse, typically. We do a lot of people. He said, this little machine scans 11 to 12,000 passports every day. And so I, I, I thought in my mind, I'm pretty analytical about those kind of things. I, I think... That's, that makes me feel pretty small, typically. I like to think about, what are the odds? You know, what are the odds that someone's here 12,000 different people's lives? They're all going somewhere else, you know, and you start running through these things. And I think back, and if it was any other circumstance, if I was on vacation, going on a trip with a family, I would feel small. I would feel like a drop in this giant bucket of Los Angeles International Airport. But no, I didn't. In that moment, I felt like I was the one with the purpose. I was on a mission, and I was there to do something important. So I wasn't going to let that get to me. I remember that I eventually shared that with the rest of the team on when it was my morning to do a devotional. And God made it clear to me right from the start that he had a plan for that trip. The next 10 days, and he encouraged me in that airport not to lose sight of anything that was going to happen. We weren't even out of the country yet. And God's already talking to me. I felt loved in that moment. It was encouraging. I was on a mission for God, and I felt loved doing it. And this little book um, was filled with stories like that. I, I just can't shout out Don enough and the prayer team for putting those together. I love this little thing. Um, not only did I recount my adventures um, in that day in this little book, but um, we had times in the mornings to, um, to kind of do this. This is our little cove in our hotel here. Um, we would get up early in the mornings, and they would have all of these um, little folders out. Remember that? They had all these little folders out. They had stack index cards and then some pens. And uh, this was mine, so it was out. And we were all encouraged to, if we had an encouragement, a word, a prayer, um, just a thought about one of our fellow missionaries on our team, that we could write a note. And, uh, and I have kind of a lot of them. I wonder if these are worth anything nowadays. Um, but I wanted to read a couple because these were really special to me. Um, this one's from Pierce. Sorry to shout you out, Pierce. But he said, Yo, Isaac, thank you for talking with me. You have been given a gift for your mouth can produce amazing words and has no fear of speaking. You can listen and comprehend my feelings. There are few people like you, and I thank you for that. And that's, that's love right there. And I had a couple other, um, other ones, and I had this moment where I prayed for my brother in, in arms on the boat when he was, he just was feeling seasick. Uh, we were on a boat going to this other thing, and he was leaning over the side, and I just felt like I had to pray for him. 
And this is what he said. I just want to say thank you, bro. There's a lot of bros going on. <laughs> when you prayed for me on the boat, I instantly felt better. I've had a lot of fun with you two on this trip. El Grande Gato is mi amigo. <laughs> and if you know, that was my nickname in high school, is Big Cat. So that was, that was him doing that. And finally, my family had hidden these cards in my luggage, like in pockets of stuff, all this other stuff. And so I didn't, I didn't know about these. But this one, I mean, they're all special, but this one for my little brother Andy. I, I, I hope I don't tear up here, but he said, I love you, Isaac. I'm going to miss you while you're gone. It's good that you love doing this stuff and telling the word of God to other people. I hope you have a good time at your first missions trip doing what you love to do. I hope I love you, and I'm going to miss you. And so I got, I got one of those from each of my family members, um, all of my friends on this missions trip. And every morning, I woke up with encouragement, with a purpose, with love. And that was amazing. It can be scary being far away from home like that. I know I felt really homesick that first night at our new home for the next eight days. Um, but through these little cards... I felt that as, as if God was encouraging, encouraging me through them. All the inside jokes, all the moments shared, it was all leading up to this, the next days ahead. I felt that love once again. And uh, so after this is all said and done, we finally get to the missions work, right? Some of it was a lot like we do stuff at youth here. We played games, like uh, birdie on a perch, running around. That's their, uh, their courtyard at their school-slash-church building. And... Uh, and this is our first night in Monta with the youth group. And that's uh, Josh Davis preaching over there and our friend Erica Molina from Ecuador. She was our translator and kind of point man for the trip. And, uh, and that was just a lot of fun. I met a lot of people. But our main objective was to put on a VBS uh, for the church there. So lots of days we spent going to the school and we attempted to teach them a little English. Not very well, but we sang some songs, we played some games, and we showed them our life books. And that was, that was a, a big part of this, was, hey, I'm from this place. This is my life. But one thing that we have in common is that we're loved. We're loved by God. Um, and this wasn't a missions trip where we were building houses or we were digging ditches. It was a missions trip of planting seeds, just like my mom had prayed about this morning. Planting seeds and making connections. Loving these people from thousands of miles away. I also learned that at the time, probably now more than ever, Fortnite is a universal language. Um, and if you say the word Fortnite, especially back then, if you even dropped that word, it was like they were your best friend. It was like, oh, you know what Fortnite is? All right. And we could talk about Fortnite a little bit. If you don't know, it's a video game. It's a video game, really big one. Oh, you're freaking out over there. Um, but this was, there was just a sense of openness, genuineness. I mean, these, these people, these elementary high school, college age, adults that we met, there was a sense of genuineness and realness that I, I, you just don't get here. You just don't get here. We're some of the sweetest people I've ever met. Um, and I didn't even speak their language. I mean, that was the coolest part is I didn't even speak any Spanish. So it was pretty awesome to go from school to school in Ecuador doing skits and telling people about our lives and what we're doing um, to the point where we started getting asked for autographs because we were the cool people from America, right? And so, of course, I complied, but it, I didn't want to be rude, you know. Uh, but I also had them return the favor. So in the back of my prayer journal, I have, I don't know, maybe 50 names of, uh, I got autographs. Um, 
from all these uh, Ecuadorians that I met. And so among our days in VBS, uh, we had all these kind of in-between stuff, uh, all these little things that we did. We went to uh, church's young adults group. We went to um, a small group night where we prayed for each other in different languages. We went to a park. We found a random stage at a park. We brought our speaker, and we started doing skits for whoever would want to listen. We just had some time to kill. And this is a crowd that just kind of came up and wanted to hear us. That's us on the, on the stage there. And uh, I saw people get prayed for um, and potentially even gave their life to Christ. Um, and I don't know if, if, if that would have happened if we weren't there on that night. There were so many moments where we didn't really plan for that to happen, but God still worked. Um, one of the stops we made, though, was, was really touching for me. If you don't know Manta and a couple of the countries around that area in Ecuador, um, they had seen some really bad earthquakes in 2016. And here's some drone footage of it right after it happened. This is the same year that it happened. Um, it, it, it was, I think it was a 7.2 on the Richter scale off the coast, and it affected a lot of different areas. And um, I looked up some more information, and, and 676 people were killed from this. Um, and 16,600 were injured. A very large um, area of impact. And this, this next picture is what we saw two years later. Uh, if you notice, it's not much different. Um, there's, there was a lot of construction going on. Um, you can do the next couple too. Uh, and it was the closest I think I've ever been to something that big, something that um, monumental. I remember um, Erica had showed us a picture of, she was there a month before it had happened. The streets were full. It was, a, it was a pretty large community. Lots of shopping areas and all kinds of stuff. The streets were full. And now they were empty. And these buildings were, were barely even there. I remember thinking about the families of people who might have been affected. Or what it might have been to hear that news. What it might have felt like. It was one of those moments that will make you check your privilege again, you know. Um, I don't have to deal with that at home. We, we don't have to see buildings like that walking down the street. Um, and it was, it was a little bit of that culture shock. We weren't involved in the earthquake stuff past this point, but I'm going to remember those, those streets. I'm going to remember those buildings for the rest of my life, that impact. Um, but still, in that moment, there was still purpose. Um, because maybe I wasn't tearing down a building or putting up a new one. But God had something to show me there. See, God loves the missionary. You can't tell I've had a lot of experience with God's love um, being a missionary just once. I've only been once. But I realize he equips the called. He doesn't just call the people that are good at this stuff. Not naturally as good. Um, the Bible speaks of missions as a service to God. Declaring the gospel to all nations is always one of the natural fruit of Christian worship. Creation itself yearns to hear the gospel. Um, the nations, and they're all, they're all lost, can't even see their own lostness. And we all need, all the nations, every single one of them, none of them is left out. They all need a deep, deep need of God's mercy in the form of missionaries. Uh, missions isn't a vanity project either. It's not the janitorial work of ministry. I think we've, we've talked about that the last couple weeks. 
It's the crown jewel of Christianity. It's what it's all about. It's the kind of service in which David exalts, which Christ commands, and for which the Apostle Paul ceaselessly labors in 1 Thessalonians chapter 2, verses 9-12. through 12. He says, Surely you remember, brothers and sisters, our toil and hardship. We worked night and day in order not to be a burden to anyone while we preached the gospel of God to you. You are witnesses, and so is God, of how holy, righteous, and blameless we were among you who believed. For you know that we dealt with each other as you, as, as you deals a father with his own children, encouraging, comforting, and urging you to live lives worthy of God, who calls you into his kingdom and glory. The world doesn't need a bunch of loud Americans to come in and say to do things differently. The world needs encouraging, comforting, and urging people to live lives worthy of God's glory. So now it's a matter of, of are we going to do it? Are we going to be like Isaiah and say, I will go? I'm here. Because last time I checked, the world still needs it. The cities still have people in them that don't know God. So we're still called to go. Missions work is an extension of God's love for the world through the church. Um, whether it's we're actively working on a missions field, um, it's not about conversion. It's not about expansion of the kingdom. It's about love. All of these are just an expression of what it means to be a Christian. With all that being said, I have an announcement this morning. I have an announcement. I'm extremely excited. I'm really pumped, if you can't tell, to announce that Streams Youth will be going on a trip to Belize in 2022. Not to Ecuador. Now, it's not, it's not to Ecuador, the place I've been hyping up this last little bit. Um, but it's to Belize. Pastor Lloyd and I have been in contact with uh, Pastor Kenny. If you, if you know him, he's, he's preached here a couple times. And the need there is great. Um, we're shooting for the first week of June in 2022. Uh, we're going to put on a VBS like we did in Ecuador. We're going to go around the neighborhood and, and get people involved. We're going to crash one of their youth nights. We're going to we, meet new people, see what a Sunday night looks like, um, and have daily prayer and worship, much like I did in Ecuador. We're going to even maybe help with a service project. Maybe we will work with our hands a little bit. Um, and if we have time, we might even, maybe, do a little bit of snorkeling or like see some manatees or something normal like that. But that's only if we have time, okay? And that's where uh, Belize is, if you don't know. Where we're going is Gales Point. It's in the very bottom right of that orange square. And if you see, it's, it's right in the middle of all of those kind of major Central American countries. Uh, this is the capital, Belize City. Um, it's, it's, it's really beautiful. Um, it's right on the water there. And um, this is what they call the Blue Hole of Belize. Apparently it's some kind of diver's spot or something. I couldn't figure it out, but it looks cool. It's off the coast there. And this is a picture of Gales Point, where we, uh, we will be going. And uh, Gales Point is a smaller, smaller village. It has about 600 to 700 people in it. And uh, we hope to bring a team of five to ten students that are loved by God. Maybe a few leaders, a few sponsors there. And uh, if you're interested, 
mainly you guys over here, or parents, where we have applications out in the lobby right now. Uh, I hope to uh, bring uh, more information as I, as I get it, even hold an hold informational meeting after service one of these weeks. Um, but this is the next step. This is the next step. We've been talking about missions for a long time now, and in Ecuador, um, they, were, they had a need there, and in, um, in 2020, we planned to go to Ecuador, and COVID stopped that. They put a hold to that. Um, but now it's, it's time to, to get back out there, and I'm really excited to be a part of that. I know Pastor Lloyd's uh, excited to be a part of that, and Pastor Kenny is too. And now before I, I give the mic up and yield my stage time till the next time they let me to speak up here on Fifth Sunday, I do have a quick message from uh, Pastor Kenny, and then, uh, and that's about it. So thank you guys. <laughs> 